morning they will come from all nations from every generation side by side they will march in the celestial city of Jehovah and in perfect harmony they will begin humming a new song a song composed by God arranged for his children as the saved by grace approach the land of their dreams the host of heaven will step aside even the angels will be silent they cannot sing this new song, for it is a song reserved for voices who once cried out for the redeemer, most washed in the blood of the precious Lamb of God. Thank you. 
morning, Brinesburg. It is good to see you this morning. I hope you've had a good week, and we're excited to be back together this morning for one purpose, and that is to worship our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And for those of you joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we want to welcome you this morning. I am Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Brinesburg Baptist Church, and we're glad to have you with us. And uh, for those of you with us through Facebook Live, we want to welcome you. If you would, there in the comment section, let us know that you're with us by putting your name, any prayer requests that you might have, and we're very glad to have you with us. Perhaps this is your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg. If that be the case, we want to welcome you this morning as well. And uh, you'll notice a, a card there in the pew in front of you, if you'll take that out. And if you'd fill it out for us and place it in the uh, offering plate on that large round table in the foyer as you're leaving today, helps us to know of your attendance, but much more important to us is the fact that that helps us to uh, know how we can minister to you and pray for you and for your family, and we are very glad to have you today. If you have looked at your bulletin, you see that there is a lot going on here at Brinesburg throughout the month of February and March. We have a lot going on, and I hope that you have read all those things that pertain to you and to your family. Uh, ladies, notice that uh, this Thursday you'll be having the outing to uh, go uh, see the movie. Notice all those details there, and then on the 27th, the uh, rescheduling for coffee, cake, comedy, and conversation, ladies' night. And again, if you haven't already signed up, please do that and, and uh, give the number that you're planning on bringing uh, just so that we can have enough planned uh, food-wise and everything. So looking forward to that coming up. Um, also, if you have not yet re read your bulletin, I hope that you will notice that on March the 11th, we're going to be having a church cleanup day. And as a good Baptist church, that will include food, Okay. So uh, we're going to be having breakfast, but because you do have to get a loan in order to buy eggs anymore, um, we're going to need for you to sign up, just so that we know how, how much we're going to need to spend on eggs, okay? Uh, but uh, do, do help us with that. Uh, let us know if you're coming, uh, just so we'll get a good count and, uh, and know how many to fix for, but uh, going to do a little bit of straightening and cleaning that day, uh, and so if you'd help us with that, uh, we'd appreciate it. Also, uh, those who have students that are going to be going to Disciple Now, uh, that'll be March the 17th through the 19th, so uh, it'll be Friday night and then coming back for uh, church on Sunday morning, uh, but if they're planning on going, that uh, $25 non-refundable deposit is uh, going to be due, and notice that actually that is due, I don't think that is right on the main page, but I think it is due back here, uh, that's due on the uh, 26th, so that's next Sunday. So if, uh, if you would get that in so that we can get that uh, paid by March the 1st. So that does need to be in by next Sunday and help us with that. We would uh, very much appreciate it. 
And so uh, also we got Easter celebration coming up. If you begin to sign up for that, begin bringing in candy. Uh, it's hard to believe, but we're already at that time of year uh, of scheduling all of those events. And so if you would help us with that. This morning is focus on WMU, and uh, we thank the, the Lord for the, the ministry of WMU here in Bridensburg Baptist Church, and uh, the prayer support WMU uh, helps us with, the emphasis on missions giving, uh, and also missions education. And so this morning, if you are a part of teaching in our mission friends, or in Children in Action, or Youth on Mission, or part of WMU, in any of those ways, would you please stand so that we can recognize you this morning? Amen. Let's give them a hand. Amen. Ladies, we thank you for uh, the ministry that you have through WMU, and uh, we want to uh, thank the Lord for the way that you have helped us to uh, focus not just our kids, uh, but our youth and adults as well on the way that they can be on mission each and every day. And so uh, we want to thank the Lord for that this morning. Uh, we do have many on our prayer list today, and certainly I'm sure you added many more during uh, our Sunday school hour. Uh, but certainly want to remember these families. Uh, many of these are health-related issues, uh, but we also recognize that we have many uh, who are hurting right now after the uh, passing of loved ones and, and praying for the comfort that only the Lord can bring to their hearts and into their lives. Uh, folks that are struggling with relationships that are broken and need reconciliation, and we pray for them, financial issues. But most importantly, this morning we pray for the lost. And perhaps you're here this morning, and you don't yet have that personal relationship with Christ. And, and you know some things about Jesus, you know the Bible, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. This morning, we're glad you're here, because I believe the Lord's going to speak to your heart, and I believe that uh, you have an opportunity, if you'll be obedient, to respond to him today. And so with that in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer together today. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship. Thank you for the opportunity corporately as a church family to come together and to lift up our hearts and our voices in praise through song, to, to be able to come together like this and to pray and to know you hear us and you respond to us. And Lord, you can, you can change our hearts and you can change the issues that we're facing, Lord. And you can give us the strength that we need to face the struggles of today and tomorrow and in the future. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you're going to speak to us today in a new and a fresh way because your word is alive and it's powerful and it will impact hearts and lives of, of both the lost and the saved alike today. And so today I pray that you would move in a powerful way on our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would comfort those who need comforting, Lord, that you would correct those who are in a place where they need correction, Lord. I pray for you to speak to the hearts of those who are lost. And Lord, I pray that they would recognize that you desire a relationship with them today. Lord, I know that there are many different needs brought into this place today. And Lord, we give this time over to you. Speak to us. Move us. Allow us to recognize that we have truly met with you today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. His name is one.
this morning as we come to this time of prayer here at the altar. I know many of us have brought a lot of different issues. Maybe they're weighing on our hearts this morning. And we want to give you the opportunity today before uh, the end of the service, right here as we begin this time of worship together, uh, to lay those burdens down. And the altar is going to be open. If you'd like to come here and just spend some time in prayer, maybe bring a family member or a friend and just spend some time here at the altar with the Lord. Uh, maybe you just want to come, just you and, and the Lord by yourself. That's fine as well. Uh, maybe you want to make that, that place, that pew where you're at, or at home, that, that chair, that couch, wherever you may be. Um, but just bowing ourselves before the Lord, uh, humbling ourselves, and, and giving whatever those burdens over, or, over to him, and trusting him with them today. And so this morning, with every head bowed and with all eyes closed, we want you to know the altar is open at this time. Let's go to our Lord in prayer together. thank you today that you know every need of our hearts but we thank you that as we come Lord you're not surprised by the issue of our lives Lord you know everyone in greater detail than we do Lord you know the solutions certainly in a much greater detail than we do because many times we can't see the solution we can't see how they could be an answer to the issue that we're facing it just seems so daunting and it seems that way because sometimes we lose sight of just how big and awesome and amazing that you are as our God. And so, Lord, today I pray that we would be able to refocus our hearts by focusing on you. And when we focus on you, we will recognize that you have always been and always will be the answer, no matter what it is that we're facing in life. Whether it is a scary health issue, and Lord, we're just not sure what the answer could be. Whether it be a relationship that seems hopelessly broken, whether it's a financial issue that we can't see how it can be resolved or whether it's our loved one who's lost and we can't see how they're ever going to be saved. Lord, you're the answer. And so, Lord, we give all of these issues and problems and situations and circumstances of our lives over to you. And, Lord, we trust you with them. And in the face of what an amazing, awesome, and big God you are, we're reminded that they pale in comparison. And so, Lord, this time is yours. Move, work. Lord, bring us to the proper place where we can truly be humble and bow ourselves before you and recognize that you still are and always will be the one true and living God. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Earlier, the saying, I am redeemed by love divine, divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. I want you to stand with me as we sing this song. Redeem how I love and proclaim it. Proclaim it from your heart.
Thank you, D, for that special music. And uh, this morning, I know many of you like to take notes and you like to keep those in order. And so I'm going to, hopefully you read your bulletin and you see this, but I may be throwing you a bit of a curveball. We're going to be going back to our study of Matthew, as I said we would, right, as we enter into uh, this season, as we head towards Resurrection Sunday. Uh, so we're going to go back into our study of Matthew. So I hope you have maybe that notebook uh, that you're keeping those Matthew notes in. And we'll be in Matthew chapter 26 this morning. And that also uh, we'll be looking in, in John as well. But uh, as we're beginning, Matthew tw- chapter 26 is where you need to be as uh, we begin to focus our hearts and begin to look towards Easter in this season as we get our hearts ready for what the Lord desires for us. And I hope you are here this morning expecting to hear a word from the Lord. I hope you've come with your hearts prepared for God to speak. And you've been preparing this week to be obedient to what he may be saying to you. Even if the Lord says hard things. Even if the Lord asks us to do that which is going to require sacrifice. I I hope that you're here ready to be obedient to what the Lord says to us today. And that we're not just expecting to go through another Sunday of, of we sing and, and the message and we say amen and we go home. But you're expecting the Lord to move today and do a work in your heart and your life maybe that you haven't seen for a while. I hope that's what, that's what, that is what you're expecting today. If so, I believe the Lord will do just that because guess what? That's what he desires to do every Sunday. We are ready to allow him to do the work that he desires to do in our hearts today. And so with that in mind, Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, we thank you. Lord, it truly is a privilege to be able to come in to this place, together, together in a corporate way, and to have the freedom to sing and to pray and to study. Lord, thank you. Thank you for those blessings that you've given to us here in this nation. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that it is living and active and that it is just as powerful today as the day that you inspired it to be written. And Lord, I believe that your word is powerful enough to speak to us and to change our hearts even today. For those of us who have a relationship with you, that we would come back into right relationship with you, Lord, that we would be obedient to whatever your call may be on our hearts and in our lives today. But also for my friends who are here today that don't yet know you, Lord, that your word is powerful enough to move them from spiritual death to spiritual life. Lord, that's a work that only you can do. And Lord, your word is powerful enough to do it. Lord, I am not. Lord, I am weak. I am just your vessel. But Lord, your word is powerful. And so, Lord, I just pray that you might hide me behind the cross that only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this morning we find ourselves about seven weeks away from Resurrection Sunday. And over the next two months, the Lord's going to give us many opportunities to prepare our hearts for what he wants for us. Uh, There's just something special about this season of the year. Um, There's opportunities that we have during this time of the year that we may not have at other times of the year for people to be open to gospel conversations, for people to be open um, to invitations that we may give for people to come to church. And so I'm thankful that here at Brinesburg we're going to have, for all ages, many opportunities. 
Uh, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our students that are going to be going uh, down to Crossings for Disciple Now, which will be a weekend where they're going to be saturated in the Word of God. They're going to have opportunities to worship. Uh, it's going to be a weekend of discipleship where, where they dig deep into the Word together. And, and I'm very excited about that, and I'm excited about how the Lord's going to use that. Uh, we've got Revival coming up. Uh, Brother Scott Pinnock is going to be with us that week, and we'll have a, a week of scheduled meetings that we pray the, that truly revival would break forth. I pray that it'll happen today. I, I pray that we don't have to wait. Uh, but I, I pray that that'll take place and that the Lord will use that week to do a powerful work in our hearts and in our lives. And then on Sunday mornings, as I said, uh, we're, we're journeying back into Matthew. And we're going to be spending time really focusing on Sunday mornings um, on, on what the Lord did as he, as he begins to move towards the cross. As he begins that process of, of moving in the direction of the cross. And so this morning, we begin to turn our full attention to his passion. And there's going to be three words that are given in the New Testament in connection with the suffering and the death of Jesus that I want us to give our full attention to this morning. And those three words are Gethsemane, Gabbatha, and Golgotha. And those three words are all names, clearly, of places. And they're all places where our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered. And I believe by looking at each of those places this morning that we arrive at a better understanding of what Jesus suffered on our behalf. Why he went to those places? It was to glorify the Father by bringing many sons and daughters to glory. That's why he did what he did. There was a plan. There was a purpose from the foundation of the world. And so notice that in each of these places, Jesus suffers. And he suffers at the hands of different uh, individuals. And so this morning, I want us to look at these three places, and I want us to try and understand a, a little better what Jesus suffered for you and for me. And so look with me. We're going to begin, number one, with Gethsemane. And at Gethsemane, we see suffering at the hand of Satan. And so if you will, please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word as we look together here at Matthew chapter 26, and we'll begin in verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and he saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh to the disciples, and he findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time, praying, saying, O oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and he went away again. And he prayed the third time, saying the same words. And then cometh he to his disciples and he saith to them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. 
The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. You may be seated. Gethsemane, the place where we see suffering at the hands of Satan. Here we see Jesus felt the full impact of Satan's attack in Gethsemane. If you look back at Luke chapter 4, um, there in Luke chapter 4 we see Satan's attempt to derail the salvific plan of God in the wilderness at the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry. And there we see that Satan is, is giving every attempt he can to try and tempt the Lord, our Savior, to, to short-circuit God's plan, to do something outside of the will of the Father. And we see that with, with every attempt that Satan makes, our Lord responds by, quite, by, by quoting the Word of God, by quoting Scripture, because the Word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And that Word always brings victory. And so clearly Jesus wins the victory in that battle. But we see here that the war wasn't over. Um, we see, in fact, that Satan was merely looking for a more opportune time to tempt the Lord because we're told that in Luke chapter 4, verse 13. And when, the le- and when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. Satan saw that he wasn't making any inroads here, and th- so he thought, I'll wait to an- another point when he felt like he, he might have a better opportunity, um, a better opportunity to derail what God's plan was. So now we find Satan once again on the attack, this time in the garden, this time at the place where, where our Lord feels the greatest pressure of all. No doubt Satan attempts here in the garden through everything that's happening to murder the Savior. That was his plan. He desired for him to die in that garden to prevent his blood from being shed at the cross. He wanted to put enough stress to kill him right then and there. Satan may have tempted the Lord to back away from the cross, but praise the Lord, Jesus was totally submissive to his Father's will. At every turn, look at verse 39, and it says, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. I believe that's That's one of the most powerful passages of Scripture because it really helps us to understand the humanity and the deity of Christ all in the person of Jesus. That he was 100% man and 100% sovereign God. As he says, this cup, this, this horror that is about to take place, if there's any other way, if there's anything else, Lord, let it pass from me. I don't want to have to have all of this sin poured into me. But it's not about me. It's about your will, Father. And so your will be done. I I will not get in the way of your will. I will will do what you have called me to do. And so what is it about this cup? What is the content of this cup? The cup is not simply the suffering. Jesus had experienced suffering before. Of course, this is great suffering but it's it's more than just suffering and it's it's not even death 
Because clearly Jesus understood that he had power over death. But it is, it is what will be entailed here. It's, it's your sin and mine. It is the sin of the world. Past, present, future. From Adam all the way to the end of, of the world. That Jesus understands will be poured out upon him. It is sin that he knows will separate him. At least for a time from the Father. The horror of it all. That, that Jesus says, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. We see in Mark chapter 14, verse 33. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and he began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. Sore amazed. It's a sudden strike of, of, of surprise terror is what Jesus is experiencing here as he thinks about what, what sin being poured into his body will be like. He will, he will experience sin without committing sin. He will experience all, of, all the consequences of sin. Matthew 26, 37, And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Very heavy. He was weighed down with a feeling of uncertainty and acute distress understanding what was about to take place. Matthew 26, 38, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. He was, he was surrounded by grief, literally to the degree that it could have taken his life. The stress on Jesus here could have stopped his heart from beating. It was so great. But through it all, we see here that Jesus was victorious. And how did that ha happen? Well, it's through the help of the Father. Luke chapter twenty-two, forty-three. 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. I mean, th this, is, this is what was entailed here. It was so heavy that Jesus needed help. Matthew, or uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. You see, he is qualified to help us in the time of our temptation because he has experienced it yet without sin. Hebrews 14, 15, for, he, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin you see here jesus felt the full impact of sin's curse in gethsemane sin brought a curse upon the earth and it brought a curse upon all mankind and we see that in genesis chapter 3 beginning in verse 17 and unto adam he said because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art and Unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats and skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken 
So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. We see here that in Gethsemane, Jesus lay upon cursed ground and in sweat and in sorrow he won the victory over sin and its curse we're told here that as 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 Jesus endured the stress of of all that was taking place and all that would take place as he went to the cross that he literally sweat out of his forehead drops of blood as as the, the small vessels began to burst from the stress of what Jesus was experiencing in blood actually came out of his forehead as he began to plead with, with his father and, and ask the father what, what your will is and, and let me follow your will. Luke twenty two forty four and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Gethsemane literally means oil press. And in that garden, Jesus was pressed by all of hell. All that hell could could place upon him, it pressed him with it. And still, our Jesus conquered. But then we move on to John chapter 19 and we see Gabbatha suffering at the hand of sinners. John 19, 1 through 13 And then Pilate, therefore, took Jesus, and he scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it upon his head, and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands, and Pilate, therefore, went forth again. And he saith unto him, Behold, I bring bring him forth to you, that ye may know that I find no fault in him. And then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto them, Behold, Behold the man. And when the chief priests, therefore, and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! And Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And the Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law we ought to die. He ought to die because he made himself the son of God. And when Pilate, therefore, heard that saying, he was more afraid. And he went away into the judgment hall, and he saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and I have power to release thee? And Jesus answered, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto unto thee hath the greater sin." And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him. For the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. And when Pilate therefore heard the saying, he brought Jesus forth, and he sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. Gabbatha is associated with the suffering of Jesus at the hands of sinful man. Jesus was despised. Jesus was rejected of men. And notice all the suffering that he endured for you and for me. 
He was betrayed by Judas, one of his own disciples. Betrayed him with a kiss. And then he was deserted by all except for John. He was beaten by the temple guards. He was rejected by the very people, the Jewish people. They did come to save. He was their Messiah, the one that they had prayed for. We're told that he was scourged with a cat of nine tails that literally would tear his flesh and his muscle away from the bone. He was mocked by the soldiers who placed a crown of thorns upon his head and a purple robe upon his back to mock him. The beard was plucked from his face. And we're told that he was condemned to die. Look at John 19. Let's look at verses 13 through 16. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and he sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha, and was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! And Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. Condemned to die. Jesus endured the pain and the agony and the suffering and the shame. All because he desired to glorify the Father. And because of his great love for you and for me. His desire to bring us out of our sin. And into a relationship with him and experience salvation. Hebrews 12 too. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. But then thirdly, look with me at Golgotha. Suffering at the hand of sovereignty. Verses 16 through 18. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and they led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into the place called the place of a school, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one and, the, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth the king of the Jews. In these verses, Jesus suffers at the hand of his own father. Since the beginning of time, God has never fully visited sin with 100% judgment. We, we continually, throughout the Old Testament, see the Lord bringing judgment, but it's always measured because there's mercy and there's grace. In Romans chapter 9 verse 22 what if God willing to shew his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction because of the grace of God he had not poured out 
his full judgment, recognizing that it would destroy us. But at Calvary, at Calvary, God dealt with sin and the issue of sin fully and finally. And he did it through crushing the body of his own darling son. Because if it had been us, it would have destroyed us. And so we see all that Jesus endured during this period of time. We're told that he was stripped naked, which would have been the greatest disgrace for a Jewish man. He was crucified, which we understand is the Romans' procedure of execution, where two boards are placed together and the victim is nailed or tied, but this, in this case nailed, with their hands and their feet on those boards. Hung between heaven and earth to die there of asphyxiation. Abandoned for a time by his own father. And we understand that the reason for that was that sin, all the sin of the world had been poured out upon Jesus. Yet he had never sinned, but he, he had the sin of the world poured upon him. And therefore, because the sin of the world was upon Jesus, the father could not look upon sin. So he had to look away. And so... Very, in a very real sense, the, the son was abandoned for that time. We're told that the agony that he was experiencing as, as he dealt with, with the full weight of consequence of sin marred his very appearance where, where you couldn't even recognize that he was a man. At the cross, God judged sin. And he did it through Jesus. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Jesus did it all for you. Jesus paid it all, all to him I own. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. I praise the Lord that he chose to suffer for me. That Jesus would love me enough to die for me. I'm grateful that I'm loved to that degree by our amazing, wonderful Savior. Because he was willing to suffer and die, you and I, through a relationship with Christ, were allowed to go free. Even though we were sinful, even though we were rebels, even though we were enemies of God, he brought us back through his suffering. So at Gethsemane, we see it was Satan's hour, it was the hour of travail. We see at Gabbatha, it was the sinner's hour. It was the hour of trial. And we see at Golgotha, it was the sovereign's hour. It was the hour of triumph. And all three hours were our hours. He did what he did because of you and because of me, because we had to be saved and we could not save ourselves. And all he asks in return is that we love him and that we accept that free offer of grace. 
the wage of death, of death, the, the price of death. That has been paid. That was the price of our sin. It was death, and it had to be paid, and it had to be paid in full. And Jesus paid it. And now there is a free gift. And the, and the question is, is, will you receive it? Or will you leave it sitting, unopened? We trade death for life. We t- trade spiritual darkness for spiritual light. It sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Jesus paid it all. All he asks is for you to come. Turn away from your sin. Turn to him. And by faith say yes to a relationship with him. Would you do that today? Would you say yes to Jesus today? Would you take this amazing opportunity to have a relationship with the God of all creation who loves you and created you and wants wants for you to never be separated from him again? Would you say yes to him today? That's the offer. Would you say yes to Jesus? Lord, we thank you for your suffering. We thank you for your obedience to the Father. And Lord, today I pray that we will be obedient to you. For some of us, we need to be at this altar and we need to humble ourselves and we need to be in prayer. For some of us, you're calling us to ministry. You're calling us to to obedience, to go where you've called us to go, to do what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray that we would be obedient. But Lord, there are some here today that don't yet have a relationship with you. And so today I pray that you would stir their hearts and help them to recognize that they need to say yes. That for whatever reason they're putting it off, they need to just just stop and surrender to you and allow you to do what only you can do in their heart and in their life. Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts and into lives today. And Lord, I pray that we would be obedient to you, to your honor and to your glory. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, would you come? If you are